spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 153rd Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast. The weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Um, you know, just, I don't know. It uh, Every day feels the same sometimes when you go to work, come home, and then go back to work the following day, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was kind of actually glad to have uh, the monotony broken up by writing this episode this week because the past few weeks in a row, it just seems like every night has been, I maybe watch Netflix for a couple of hours and then pass out in my chair, which has been killing my back. But it's been nice <laughs> to actually have something to do. Yeah, I know. I know, right. I went to bed up quite early last night. I've been watching this anime on HBO or HBO Go or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's what have you, have you been watching anything interesting? I actually started watching the Vikings. I haven't okay. watched any of it. And I noticed that there was on Peacock, all six seasons were on there. So I decided to start that. I'm about halfway through the first season. It's a really good show. Okay, so I've, I totally slipped my mind. And this, our, our fan base, I know needs to hear this. Last Friday, I went and, and saw the newest Nicolas Cage movie. Um, uh, are you familiar with it? Yes, it's where Nicolas Cage plays himself. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. I would recommend anybody who likes Nick Cage, highly recommend it. It's, it's quite a good film. Yeah. Very fun. I actually, I was thinking about uh, going to see that this weekend. That would actually be, it seems pretty funny. Is, uh, was it funny? It's very funny. Okay. Yeah. I Well, last week I was going to go watch the Morbius movie, but I saw and heard so much bad shit about it. I just decided to, you know, forego that. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Oh yeah. You were the one who told me it yeah. was terrible. Too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely. I'm glad I didn't go because I've heard from a few more people this week, uh, some very disappointed moviegoers. So I will recommend I watch the newest Batman movie. It's very mm. good. I'm not really a huge fan, like a movie like that, going to the theater with all those people, like it's almost the experience is better at home just to like have it by yourself. With so, Batman, you mean? Yeah, with like a huge movie like that, like the Marvel movies or the Batman well, movies. You know? let me, I watched it at home, Phil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotcha. It's, a, a, it's I'm a, on I'm HBO. I'm a red boxer. I'm no, not no, a, no. I totally agree. Yeah, you can stream it on HBO, but you're going to need a bit of time. It is three hours long. One thing I want to get into quick here before we get into the episode, it is the, well, by the time this comes out, the first round of the NFL draft will already have been over, but it is tomorrow and I'm pretty pumped about it. You know, we got a new GM, new coach. You never know what they're going to do. Vikings got a lot of holes to fill and I'll be curious who they take. Do you pay attention to the draft at all? 
Not so much. I mean, I have been paying attention to the Cardinals recently. I know that talks with Kyler Murray are going pretty well. Apparently, they're seriously, I don't know. I think they actually are pretty much, they've got it down to where they're going to pick up his option. So he's going to be coming back, which is good. He's kind of the center of the team. He's exactly what the Vikings need, and that is franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Unfortunately, I do not believe the Vikings are going to be drafting a quarterback this year, even though I kind of wanted them to. Um, yeah. But you were talking off the air about the Iowa players. You probably like to see where they go or whatever. The Vikings are notorious. They have a very shitty center, okay? He's not good. And Tyler Linderbaum is like the big dick guy, and he's played for Iowa, right? He's like the highest graded PFF things and all of this and that. Now, it's funny because people were really high on him, and then he had like his combine stuff. Apparently, his arms are too small. His arms are too small. His arms are too small. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Well, they always try to pick apart these players and, you know, try to add in all these metrics and try to figure out like, oh, are their hands too small? You know, do they have do they not have enough reach? These big fat guys, they want them to be able to like, you know, run 20 feet in a certain amount of seconds, you know, have all this explosiveness kind of deal. But really, it's I mean, the combine's great and all, but you got to see how they play game time stuff. There are these guys they call combine heroes who just kill it in the combine. And then you put them out on the field and they look like a lost duck. They just, you know, don't do shit because they're great at the combine, but they really don't know how to play the game that well. Well, okay. So the reason a lot of people are worried about him is the Vikings current center has longer arms and is just slightly bigger and he gets bulldozed constantly <laughs> by other fat guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all about, you know, how they carry themselves, too. Yeah. It's about how quick you can get, like, snap the ball, get up, and actually defend. Like, if you're slow getting up off of the snap, then, yeah, you're going to get bulldozed down. But he's – one of the things he was really good at was guarding more than one person. So he would get up on the ball and know exactly, like, where he needed to be, like, who he was guarding. He's, so he was a really big part of that line. I mean, we'll, we'll, time will tell if I could definitely see him not or like falling into the second round because apparently a center isn't really a high priority um, position, I guess. So I, I guess the tackles are way higher. Guards and centers aren't as high. No, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, tackles, especially the blindside ones, are are going to be pretty high up there. But, I mean, if your team really needs one, then, you know, it's kind of a different story. I was wondering, where do you think Baker Mayfield is going to wind up? Do you think <laughs> he's going to land any good? I mean, I right now, at this point, I'm thinking he's going to, a coveted backup spot is kind of his highest hope. But I, where do you think he might end up? I think post-draft he'll get traded. Or during the draft itself, maybe. Ah, shit. I don't know. Probably some... I could see the Carolina Panthers because they don't have any quarterback, but I don't know. He might... Oh, he might even end up in the CFL. I don't know. He's not Possibly. playing for... He's not playing for Cleveland. We know that much. Yeah, he might be kicking it up for the USFL next year. Who knows? The Atlanta but they're Falcons, probably not going to be a league next year, so... The Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, there's a lot of teams that might not have a quarterback. Yeah, uh, I think Jacksonville actually wants someone to back up their new guy. 
uh, who Trevor came out Lawrence. of Clemson. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's probably enough uh, NFL talk. <laughs> we will. I'll let everybody know next week whether I'm upset or annoyed by the drafts or happy about it. I'm sure Phil will hear the local Arizona newscasters talk about uh, how they felt about their draft as well. But anyway, yep. uh, Phil, you, you go ahead and uh, take the reins from here. All right. When it comes to measuring the greatness of a society, history has shown us that there is no greater measure than when great building projects come up against the most influential technologies of the time. With some examples being the Colosseum, aqueducts, and even the roads of the Roman Empire, the Lighthouse of Alexandria, the walls of Constantinople, and of course, the Great Pyramid at Giza. However, for the last hundred years or so, part of the measuring stick for all cities in our society is really what newcomers first see when they come to visit, and that is the airport that they fly into. Okay, how come you did not put Trump Tower on there, Phil? I did not put Trump Tower because <laughs> Section 8 housing is not really, you know, the the measuring stick for a society. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who lives in Trump Tower? Is it very wealthy people? Is it a hotel? Like, it's a part I, hotel, right? I think part of it's a hotel and part of it is, like, luxury condos is part of the deal. I know a lot of them are owned by, like, people who live out of country uh, who don't really have, like, hold up residence there year-round. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you? Okay. So we we forgot to talk about this in the beginning, but real quick here. Uh, obviously, crazy man Elon Musk bought Twitter, right? Yes. There's speculation he might unban Trump from Twitter, and that might be like opening the gates of hell. And just he, he's he's coming back, man. Oh, you think that Trump is coming back after <laughs> uh, after the Twitter ban is lifted? Well, I would assume. Him and Elon are friends of some sort. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's, I think he just kind of wants a little piece of everything. Elon Musk does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe it'll turn into MySpace and Twitter will be dead instantly since he bought it. Maybe Jeff Bezos bought the remnants <laughs> of MySpace. That could be it. Uh, you know what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the end of the world. Just Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk having a bidding war to prove which one can <laughs> own more shit. Definitely. Now, the airport that I am speaking of today is actually the youngest major United States airport in existence, and that is the Denver International Airport. Now, Cody, have you ever been to this airport? I have not. It's the youngest, though. Yes. Yep. The youngest air, the youngest major airport, I should say. Okay. There are there are newer, small airports, but. Uh, as far as the major airports go in the major cities, this is the youngest. I suppose technically for there to be a newer one, there would almost have to be a new metropolitan area that kind of sprung up and then a giant airport was birthed from the creation of the city. And the cities have all kind of been set over the you know quite a few years here. Really, the most important thing is a lot of these infrastructure projects really aren't happening anymore. So kind of the big push for infrastructure really ended in the 90s. So a lot of the infrastructure money now is going towards like trying to fix the roads and bridges, just trying to keep them up. Also trying to get us the high speed Internet, which we've all seen how, you know, fiber really just hasn't happened. Yeah, probably because Comcast is a bunch of cocksuckers. 
Um, exactly. But yeah, Cox we, too. Here's the thing. I don't know about Arizona. Let's take. I'm going to take Minnesota, a place that I know. I could see Rochester obviously turning into a massive city in what 30 years, maybe somewhere like that. I mean, it's already pretty big, but becoming like another Twin Cities. I could see Rochester, basically the land between Minneapolis and Rochester connecting before I see Rochester turning into its own major city. I think Rochester might, you know, in 30 years, it might double in size, but that still doesn't make it a major city. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Man, that would be crazy because it takes an hour to drive from Rochester to the very outer limits of the Twin Cities. That's a lot of land to fill there. That would mean Rochester probably had started eating into Iowa. Pretty much it's the thing is a lot of major cities like so in on the East Coast, a lot of those major cities aren't really separated anymore. A lot of them pretty much just have cities and towns that have sprung up in between them that have connected those major cities making like megalopolises. Anyway, uh, back to this. Have you been here? (laughs) No, I've never been there. Okay. I've I've actually I've flown into Denver Airport, but I've never like been outside of the airport to see anything. I basically just flew in and connected right away out. So I didn't really get to see like the whole airport or like the outside of it. Uh, but see. getting back to this. Okay, go ahead. All right. Now originally built in the 1920s, Denver's former airport, Stapleton, had really reached the limits of expansion by the 1980s. That is when a new mayor elected solely on the promise of ever more expansion of the old airport met with some of his constituents in the area near the Stapleton Airport. That night, he actually would come away with an idea not to expand the old airport, but to build a new, larger airport, this time more than 20 miles outside of the downtown area. Though this really would not be easy, and it especially would not be cheap. The airport project would take nearly a decade to build after its first conception, actually taking 18 months longer than originally planned, also costing more than a billion dollars than originally quoted. Damn, 18 miles or 20 miles from the downtown area. Yeah, they really didn't. So the biggest problem with Stapleton was it was, you know, a noisy airport that was kind of stuffed into the city because not only did the airport expand, but the city also expanded around it. So a lot of the people had a problem with so much traffic coming in and out of the city and they didn't want even more. That's a big reason why this airport was built so far away from downtown. Huh, interesting. I was thinking about this. I'm like, I guess the airport technically from, let's say, Minneapolis is 10 miles, probably, 8 to 10 miles from there. Where was the Phoenix one? Downtown was fairly close to that, right? Yeah, downtown. So it is in between Phoenix and downtown. It does kind of have its own little area, though. The city doesn't really crowd into the airport as bad. The thing about the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport is Minneapolis-St. Paul is such a stretched out like grouping of cities that that airport has a shit ton of room out there in that industrial area. Yeah. So it's not really like this old Stapleton airport was budding up into the city, which was the big problem. I do feel bad for the people who live (laughs) around the perimeter of the airport here because that is noisy. Oh, definitely. But but yeah, okay, so... 
I'll tell you what, if you're an aspiring mayor, this will never get you elected. Oh, definitely. No, <laughs> that's the reason. So the thing is, the all of his constituents, these you know powerful business people who lived in the area of this airport were really, you know, really powerful and influential. And he came away from that dinner very discouraged away from you know, adding on to the old airport. Gotcha. Now, part of the reason why the airport was so far past due from its opening was that before construction on the runways and the terminals could actually begin, a vast series of underground tunnels would need to be dug out and constructed. In fact, there is at least six levels underneath the Denver International Airport that we know of. And that is where our first conspiracy comes into play, with the vast system of tunnels underneath the Denver International Airport, and what dark purposes they might have. Okay, my bold prediction, this is where the Baris de Tiro's reptilian eggs are. This is where he Ooh. keeps them. Is that... Was that You're di- close. Yeah. Oh, that's close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just any weird thing you can think of, and this, uh, this conspiracy kind of covers it. So here's the real question. Why is it whenever you hear about, let's just say your house or something, Anywhere that has a tunnel that shouldn't have a tunnel instantly becomes creepy. Oh, definitely. I think it's just because it's dark. And we, I mean, you obviously more than me, but there's so much true crime that, you know, we've inhaled over the years that whenever you go into a house and you see like a a dark, you know, like the underneath the stairs or like a little catwalk or something like that, you always think there's going to be a body in there. Yeah, I think that's Silence of the Lambs. I think that plane, remember that, the hole? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now, before I get into the conspiracies of this, I would really like to shout out one of our fans on Instagram, uh, Westside Soap, for actually giving us the idea, or giving me, I guess, the idea to do this episode. Uh, I was actually planning on doing another episode on, well, I'll, I'll give it out now, Blackwater. But it wasn't really coming together very well, and I'm thinking I'm going to sit on it for a couple of months. So thank you, Westside Soap, for the idea and for the nice things you said. Thank you, Westside Soap. Yeah, sometimes uh, I've learned that lesson too, Phil. It's sometimes you have an idea and you just got to you gotta let it baste in your head a little bit. Then you come yeah. back to it later on. Yeah, definitely. It just wasn't coming together like I liked. But yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it's actually, I had a lot of fun looking this. So it's pretty, it's got some, uh, some crazy parts in it. Oh yeah. Now, one of the reasons that the conspiracy theorists have for the building of these tunnels is that they will in fact be used as a place to house the elite for them to hide in case of an Armageddon situation or more likely domestic conflict that engulfs the United States in the near or distant future. This would create a safe haven for the rich and powerful in one of obviously with all the Rocky Mountains and the elevation, the most easily defended areas on the continent. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is probably my, you know, first rational thought um, would be to house something or to protect something or something like that. Unfortunately, it's only going to protect you if you're rich, which is kind of the American way, but... um, Oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. What if he was going to make a shopping mall down there? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, if you actually repurposed these areas, I'll get into at the end of the episode what are and were supposed to be used for. 
but it'd be kind of cool if they repurposed them into, you know, uh, maybe a theme park, kind of like how Mall of America has a theme park <laughs> inside of the mall there. Maybe they could repurpose it. Well, I was just going to say, we underutilize building underground. Like if you just, you went to a place and there's nothing but like a few elevators and it took you down into a giant underground Mall of America, that would be pretty sweet. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we actually at work, uh, now that it's getting to be summer, we talk a lot about how we can't believe that there are hardly any houses or homes like or buildings even built underground here. It's all built above ground. You would think that it looks shitty enough. You might as well build all the buildings underground and just, <laughs> you know, save us all on AC prices. Yeah. Now, the next reason for the tunnels being in existence is that not only do they exist underneath the Denver International Airport, but actually they extend out very far out, creating a vast network of hyper-fast rail line, leading to many secret military bases and locations across the United States, including Cheyenne Mountain, where, of course, NORAD is located, just outside of Colorado Springs, and possibly even all the way to Area 51. Okay, so maybe these, I mean, okay, this could be like a either a military, military transport thing, secret one, Maybe it's uh, the old classic conspiracy, Obama's death slash FEMA camps. Um, yep. That that was a big one. Yeah, I don't, I mean, does the military use underground tunnels that often though, Phil? Um, for storage, I would say yes. For keeping things safe, like bunkers, they, they use underground bunkers quite a bit. Um, not only to protect the base from its own bombs, but to protect, you know, if they have powerful servers, they'll keep those under bunkers too. Basically anything that they don't want seen or blown up, they'll keep in bunkers. But for, this would be for like transport, right? Yes. Yep. This would be for transport, uh, for going from base to base. Obviously they would have to be secret because we don't know. We would, I mean, we would obviously know if they had underground tunnels going hundreds of miles. So. Yeah, I mean, I the the hyperfast uh, rail lines would be kind of a practical thing, I guess. Be kind yeah, of yeah, nice. definitely. It would be great if we actually built the hyperloop that they're talking about. Maybe one day, like fifty fucking years from now. Yeah, and we won't have to ride on fucking airplanes anymore. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be great. Now, really speaking about underground, you know, secret shit, we kind of really have to talk about aliens course now another another conspiracy involving those underground tunnels is that they are actually the connections to the secret underground caverns that house the alien and human laboratories where horrifying experiments are performed on human test subjects and we've actually talked about these uh quite a few times uh the location in dulce yeah being one of them we we never did a full episode on it though i don't believe right no, we've talked about it quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting place, according to I can't even remember the guy's name. He has a very generic like white person's name, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you watch Hell Gear, right? I don't know if you've ever watched it. Yes. Allegedly, aliens like to use underground cave networks. So why not actually like proper underground networks? I guess it's possible. Yeah, and apparently when you open up the 
the doors to these places, they smell all fucking to high hell, too. So, like, basically Pittsburgh in the sun. <laughs> okay, I, here's my second guess, and this is kind of alien. What if family of gingers flew in, right? They're very weak against the sun. Yep. They go in the underground tunnels to take them to the next location so they don't get sunburned or, or any of that. Yes, that's possible, too. Some day walkers, yeah, you know, yeah. needing to get some shade. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was reading a little bit. I didn't really add it into this, but apparently that guy who had his hand melted off, um, right before he was found with his catheter around his neck, a supposed homicide, possible suicide, he actually was supposed to have visited the underground tunnels of Denver International Airport. That's one of the theories huh. that he actually, before his death, he went down there. And because of what he saw, supposedly, that's what killed him. Yeah, I remember that. We covered that on the UFO people getting dying or whatever, if they're allegedly killed or whatnot. Um, yeah. I remember that guy now. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was in like the first 20 episodes we did. Yeah, that wasn't the Dulce guy, though, I don't believe. maybe he I said was pretty he... sure that was the Dulce guy. Okay, it's definitely not the guy who allegedly reported it. He might be the guy who claims to have the documents from the guy who claims to be at Dulce. Okay. Something like that. I, 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 it doesn't really matter. We'll cover it eventually. Now, the last conspiracy theory involving these underground tunnels is that they actually serve as the headquarters for the evil new world order. And that. It was actually secret societies that funded and built the Denver International Airport from the start. Now, aside from being the headquarters of the NWO, the underground tunnels are also allegedly going to house detainees after old Barry Sotiro and his cadre take over the reins of power of the United States and the world's governments, with Denver's airport acting as the largest of the new concentration camps that will detain anyone whom defies the new regime. Okay, yes, here we go. So I guess I <laughs> Yeah. I guess I kind of the head then. <laughs> yeah. Except for I thought they were reptilian eggs. This is the FEMA death camp thingy. Yeah. Here's what I never understood about this conspiracy and obviously the people who are spouting the conspiracy are always going to be the valiant heroes who are defying Barry Sotiro's NWO takeover. So they're always going to be the ones killed in the camp, you know, to make themselves martyrs. Oh, definitely. But here's the thing. If he's going to have these large concentration camps, do you really think he's going to hide it if he is going to be taking over power of the whole world? Well, I mean, you kind of got to, you know, you got to hide your bad shit, but you got to have a you got to have a nice face on your uh, the facade there. But a one world government where it's a hostile takeover, are they do they really need to put on a nice face? Well, supposedly that hostile takeover is kind of like in Star Wars. How, you know, how do democracies die to thunderous applause? You know, one of those situations. Okay. All right. Who's Padme in this scenario? I don't know. Chelsea Clinton, <laughs> maybe. Marjorie Taylor Green. Okay. So do any of these like shout to you? Or are they like, yeah, that has to be true? Not really. I mean, okay. for one of the reasons why they do give as a reason for this becoming a concentration camp they claim that the fences that surround the airport have barbed wire on them but unlike 
like a fortress, which has the barbed wire pointing out. These have the barbed wire pointing in like a prison. That's why they claim that, you know, this is going to be used as a prison. Part of it, basically. Okay. You know what? Maybe if they had like heads on pikes as well there, <laughs> I, I'd be more believe that as a possibility. But who's to say? I've never been in those tunnels. Phil, you've never been in those tunnels. Nope. So we don't know what's going on down there. Well, the weird, uh, the weird shit, the head on the pikes is coming with the art work that they have at that airport. But we'll get into ah, that a little okay, bit later. Okay. <laughs> now, when it comes to the next conspiracy theory, once again, secret societies and the shadow government will bleed in. As the second conspiracy theory actually surrounds the airport's very curious dedication capstone. Now, this capstone was laid in the airport's Great Hall. This stone has inscribed on it the symbol of the Freemasons, which is the square and compass logo with the capital G inside where the two items intersect. Also, the stone has an inscription on it which reads, Dedication capstone laid by the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge, F&AM of Colorado and Jurisdiction, Claude W. Gray Sr. Grandmaster, the most worshipful Grand Lodge of AF and AM of Colorado. <sighs> okay, so this is what happens when you legalize marijuana in your state, folks. Um, yep. You get this weird writing here. No, I I don't know what any of that inscription says, Phil. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Well, so that was basically who dedicated the capstone when it was laid in the Great Hall. Kind of, they lay these capstones or cornerstones, keystones, whatever you want to call them. They lay them to kind of commemorate the building of these structures. And in Freemasonry, like the keystone or capstone is a very important thing, kind of like with stonework. It's a very important symbol. Okay, so, okay. Could there be ulterior motive with this stone? Uh, not exactly sure. It does have a weird thing that I'm going to get into bit also written on it but it just it kind of you know it pushes a little bit of the buttons it 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 pulls on those red strings when you see anything that has to do with freemasonry i was gonna say because in saint paul um by this post office i used to go to there's a giant building with the freemason symbol on the side of it and because of this show and the type of shit that i'm into i instantly it's a red flag there. You might as well put, you know, Lucifer's goddamn face over that thing. Yeah, that's probably one of their lodges that they have. And honestly, <laughs> it's like a, a tin building. I Maybe they somebody works out of there. I don't know. I I don't know what the fuck it is, but... Um, oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not like a really big structure like made out of like stone or brick. It's basically just a building. Yeah, it looks like a machine shed. <laughs> Like oh, a, then probably just some asshole built it and put the put the Freemason sign on the side of it. So wait, do you think that could be where they get naked and slide down the slide and <laughs> say they're <laughs> <laughs> they're being reborn or whatever? I've heard that one before. Like you got to be really high up in it, but they like they get naked, they slide down a slide backwards, chanting something about being reborn in hell or I don't know. We'll have to cover that one day, but uh, 
Yeah, Lindsey Graham shows up. He brings, <laughs> you know, he brings finger dishes and has a big party. Yeah. You know. <laughs> now, that capstone was laid on March 19th, 1994, about a year before the airport first opened. Underneath that date on the capstone is actually the names of the contributors who gave a lot of money to the building of this airport. The first name is actually a little strange. It's called the New World Airport Commission, which would be an odd-sounding name for an organization if it actually had ever existed. Now, conspiracy theorists believe that the New World Airport Commission is really just a veiled nod at the real sponsor of the Denver International Airport, that being the shadow government, which will make up the New World Order. Okay, so you're telling me they wrote the New World Airport Commission on this capstone, and that is something that doesn't even exist? Allegedly. What? I can't find it existing okay. anywhere in the news article. <laughs> maybe it did exist, or maybe it would have but there really isn't anything out there proving its existence right now. It sounds like somebody is like, so far, it sounds like somebody's literally just trolling the human race. What would even be the point of writing that on there if it does not exist? Who are they thanking? Yeah, I don't know. In reality, like thinking about it logically, it's almost like it, it was something that maybe they wanted to start or maybe they wanted to bring together all the major airports in, you know, in the world. But it's kind of just a weird name for anything. New World Airport Commission. Unless it was like, there was talks of making a new organization like that or something, and it just never came to fruition. I don't know. It is very strange, and it doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. So, Yeah, I, underneath it, underneath the New World Airport Commission is just kind of the names of some of the contributors to building the airport, and that's kind of it. It's just rich folk, you know, who always get their name plastered on shit. What if that was just like the certain group of Freemasons that all slid down the slide naked backwards together <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're going to make a club and our club's going to be called the New World Airport Commission. Maybe that's what it, maybe it's just like a, they get together and play D&D &D on the weekends. I don't know. You know, once, Possibly. once you go down. Or to, World of Warcraft. It would have been coming <laughs> out pretty soon, wouldn't it? Uh, 2004, about 10 years. Oh, so about a decade. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be playing probably like Super Mario World, maybe. <laughs> maybe Nintendo 64. I don't remember when that came out. Yeah, just eating Cheetos, <laughs> drinking cold red Mountain Dew. When you go down to slide naked with your friends, it, it changes their life, man. <laughs> Definitely. Now, another point of interest that conspiracy theorists bring up when discussing the nefarious origins of the Denver International Airport is the fact that the airport's layout is somewhat shaped like a swastika. Though, I will say right off the bat, before even getting to the end of the episode, the reason given for the airport being shaped like this, or in this manner, is that the site around the airport is actually prone to high winds that actually change direction like at any time. Very quickly can change directions, and having an airport shaped like this actually allows for the ground control to change flight paths for takeoffs and landings in the case of high wind shears. Okay, that I mean, that makes sense. Um, I thought you were going to say something like, oh, it's not the bad swastika, it's the Tibetan swastika, or whatever that is. Um, 
But no, okay, this uh, that makes sense. Is here's the thing though, I think if people could look at buildings from the sky, there's probably a lot of them that are very closely shaped like a swastika. Oh yeah, definitely. Like and also, I did. I was. I was gonna say. I wasn't really gonna say this, but there were some websites who were kind of trying to say, like, oh, actually, the swastika, and, you know, the ancient version of the swastika is actually one of peace and human yeah, kindness and all that, that stuff. The Tibetan what, one. That's so, yeah. what I mean. Like, don't be that guy. Okay, it's. I'm sorry. It's ruined forever. There's no coming back. Like. Maybe in 2,000 years you can talk about the Tibetan one, but not anytime soon. But, yeah, what I was going to say is, like, I'm pretty certain I've seen a lot of apartment complexes kind of shaped like that. Um, I don't know if it's, yeah. it can, like, mac- maximize space or something. I don't know, but... Yeah, a lot of, like, the college dormitories, if you looked at them from above, were kind of shaped like swastikas. Yeah. So kind of how they were laid out with the with the wings kind of the buildings kind of coming out and then across. So but the, I mean, the wind theory makes sense. I can see it. You know, the wind gets trapped in that little corridor and kind of just um, neutralizes it right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, if if there's winds, you know, strong winds coming from, you know, east to west, then you can land north to south. That's kind of the idea of it or the opposite way you can get the tailwinds and headwinds rather than having them come across your aircraft when you're landing. Oh, I see. I thought you were saying like, if the wind's coming in hard, it kind of blocks it from the other direction. Oh, no, no. It's not the building that makes us. It's actually the runways. The runways and the taxiways kind of come out and then across. And they kind of look like a swastika from the sky. Okay. I, I follow you now. I thought it was the building itself. No, yeah. No, so basically if there's like wind shears, they can have the airplanes come and land in a different direction. Basically, they're not having wind shears come across their wings. That makes absolute perfect sense. Now, that leads us to our last subject that we're going to discuss today, and that is the strange artwork that has graced the halls and exterior of the Denver airports. Really, the strange choices that have been made for the decor inside of the terminals being mostly the four-part series that was actually dedicated to peace on Earth. Though the first of the two paintings actually feature a soldier who is dressed like a stormtrooper from the German army during World War II, he's wearing a gas mask and brandishing both a machine gun and a skimmer. Uh, there are children cowering behind his sword. The second painting actually depicts a deceased child in a coffin, and she's holding a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, I'm I'm are these the pictures that are right below here? Yes. Yep, those are the four pictures in the series. The top two are the ones I described and then the next ones are Unity and Peace. Okay, um little dark, would we'll just say that right off the bat here. Yep. I don't think the Germans had shimitars, right? No, uh, they weren't uh they they were not carrying them. Yeah, like there this was... is the shit that the guards in Aladdin had. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I was about to say. That is, uh, like, very much so the the swords that the military in Aladdin were carrying around, that they were, you know, wildly swinging at uh, Apo and Aladdin. Now, are we sure the girl's dead and not just taking a really peaceful nap? She might be taking a nap. I mean, <laughs> I know I love the side of coffins with a bundle yeah. of flowers on my chest. 
so. Hey, you never slept with slept in one, so don't nobody knows if it's comfy or not. They look very comfortable, yeah. actually. Yeah, exactly. Now the other two, um, yeah, I would say kind of reminiscent of the Last Supper, honestly. But obviously, yes. they they're kind of showing multiculturalism um, with all the different variety of people there. So I mean, you know that that's pretty nice. It's the first two little weird. Um, I would say the first picture on the top left here, honestly, looks like it could be like a Pink Floyd album cover. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is. I will. I'll, I'll kind of mention it later on. But it's supposed to be like an ascent into peace, is what I'm taking. The first picture is very dark. Uh, shows a world at war. The second picture is a little girl die or dead already. And then all of a sudden it's like the people of the world coming together at first. And then all of the people in the world coming together around some kind of like budding flower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. Usually most airports are have pretty generic artwork in them. We'll say um, oh, mostly definitely. advertisements, honestly. And the thing about artists Sometimes the message they're trying to convey isn't always clear and it's clear to them, not clear to everybody else. So this is probably what's going on here. Like you said, is probably exactly what they're trying to depict here, even though it's not necessarily the clearest message. Oh, definitely. I think that the artist in this case might have had a a somewhat traumatic child really (laughs) is uh, what's being portrayed here. But yeah, I mean, we talked about our own airports, the the Phoenix Airport, Sky Harbor, basically the only artwork that it has are these chameleons or lizards that look like they're baking in the sun. They're basically all over the city. That and the the symbol of Phoenix, which is a a phoenix with fire around it. Okay, yeah, it's that's a little tamer than a Nazi with a machine gun. Yep. In a, and ra- a sword. It's interesting he has a rainbow. There's a rainbow in it. Yeah, I don't get that part. It's kind of weird. It's, I don't know. I mean, artistically, it doesn't really lead your eyes to anywhere. You know, kind of how all the lines, the lines don't really match up, but he's probably going against the grain, probably part of his little, his shtick. Unless that's supposed to symbolize like him. That's his vi- vision or that's his version of peace. Maybe. I don't know. Nah. I Who fuck knows? I don't know. I don't know. I get. I don't get paid to fucking critique people's <laughs> art. <laughs> now, perhaps the most startling of the collection of artwork throughout the airport is the massive, thirty-foot-tall blue fiberglass Mustang outside of the terminal, nicknamed by many Blucifer. This yeah. Mustang has large red demon eyes and is posed as if it is rearing up. Now, there is a story to this statue, and it claims that it is actually cursed because while building it, the New Mexican sculptor, Luis Jimenez, had a large piece of fiberglass actually fall on top of him, taking his life. That's And I actually, I added the picture down below. I mean, that's very tragic. See, I always thought this was John Elway's dad, but maybe it's not. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, uh, Luis Jimenez... Awesome! This statue is awesome. Um, Definitely. Did, did he? Na- he didn't name it Blucifer, though. I'm guessing. No, that's kind of the nickname that everyone else. The actual name of the statue is just called Mustang. Okay, I I think it's badass. It's it's uh very tragic what happened to that guy. 
but I don't know if you can call it cursed when it only kills one guy in a accident that is very likely to probably happen when you're working with a 30 foot tall um, <laughs> fiberglass statue. Just going to yeah, throw that out there. Definitely. I actually kind of like a conspiracy that uh, maybe John Elway actually rode that in for Baltimore. <laughs> he stole it from the Colts. He came, he sold his soul to the devil and he came from the pit of hell, riding the blue horse all the way to Denver there. Riding, um, riding Lucifer all the way yeah. into town. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen this thing, you know, in person, obviously, but fuck that is awesome. I, I wonder if you can see that when you're like coming in. Yes, you can. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, you can, you can see it when you're driving in and out. Again, here's the thing. I don't know. Like here we have. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's the Art Institute or the Modern Art Institute or something here. And they have like a sculptor, sculpture garden kind of thing. It's impressive. You know, the people put in a lot of work, but I'm just going to throw it out there. None of it makes a lick of fucking sense. So I'm assuming maybe the this Denver airport just kind of allowing any artist that wants to put their art here. I don't know. Yeah, I will say it is actually nice that the sculptor actually made the sculpture look like something. Yeah. And not just like most modern art that I see is just like weird shapes and, you know, doesn't really, it's kind of abstract, doesn't really mean anything. At least this kind of has a purpose behind it. It has a shape to it. Yeah. Even I, if it is a demon horse. <laughs> it's a sweet demon horse, though. Definitely. I think the Broncos the, should change their logo to this horse, honestly. Yeah, either the Broncos or the Colts. They need to both. They need to oh, jump yeah. on this because that's an awesome looking horse. Now there are some valid explanations given for the strangeness of the Denver airport, including explanations for the many levels of tunnels. This is being that the airport has a large underground tram system connecting the terminals. It also includes what should have been an extensive system of smaller tunnels underneath the tram that were supposed to be for a very innovative baggage carrying system, though it was actually shut down due to mechanical problems in 2003. Okay, so one of them is confirmed that it has an underground tram. Yes, that... the first level is an underground tram. Um. Okay, so how many levels... I don't know. Did you mention how many levels it goes down? So what I found was that there were six levels. Damn, that's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, six levels with the underground tram. They also had some levels devoted to the baggage system. Also, there were there's also some like facilities underneath the airport. Uh, there's some workshops for construction. There's also some storage facilities in the bowels of the airport. Uh, apparently also like maybe up to a thousand people work underneath the airport. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So supposedly there are actually people who, who work there. I mean, this is a major airport. There are thousands of people working there. Some of them work in the bowels of this place. So it's right. not like people don't go underneath there. People, it, I mean, all the conspiracy theorists make it sound like no one's allowed to go down there. Apparently, there's thousands of people a day who go underneath. So, can you imagine them poor people? They just got off of ten hour shift at work. They've been working underground all day. They're heading home. They just want to watch TV and have a beer. Yep. Then you have a crazy conspiracy guy <laughs> chasing and be like, 
Tell me what's down there. What is down there? Wearing a tinfoil hat, hasn't yeah. fucking bathed in three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On his way to also get a fucking Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's also some other explanations for some of the other weird things. Um, obviously, the Freemasons, anyone who actually knows anyone who was or is a Freemason, knows that really, I mean, maybe the super wealthy, we've talked about this before, maybe the super wealthy are up to some nefarious shit. But that's just because they're trying to, you know, mass wealth for themselves. Most of the Freemasons are just pretty normal. Uh, also, like I said before, Freemasonry really kind of centers on stonework. So anytime that they can get a chance to like lay down a stone, they'll do it. There's a lot of fucking, you know, city projects, buildings that have capstones or keystones that are laid by the Freemasons. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I probably have seen him before in person, not even realized it, honestly. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, for some reason in my mind when you first talked about the capstone, <laughs> I thought they were gonna have like some conspiracy theory where they claim this is like some secret ley line that connects all the rest of them or some shit like that. Um, but uh, you just said it was just a regular stone that they do to mark that their craftsmanship's there, essentially. Yeah, basically just kind of, it's almost like you're, for these, it's almost like blessing a building. You're right. So if you live in a Catholic town, there's going to be the Knights of Columbus. If you live in a regular town, there's going to be the Freemasons who come. Basically like laying the stone is kind of like blessing the building, almost. Not exactly blessing it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some other explanations for like the artwork if you've ever, if you live in a major city like west of the Mississippi, you'll know that a lot of the people out here are kind of a little bit weird. A lot of the people in Denver are people who maybe didn't feel comfortable living in normal society, so they kind of move out west. A lot of people in Phoenix are the exact same way. A lot of the cities in Nevada, New Mexico, or like Santa Fe, a lot of them are kind of like a little weird, little. So they really like to see. A lot of this, you know, artwork or if they're the artists, you know, they kind of find a home out in these areas. That's kind of the reason why some of that art thrives out in like the West is because the artists are weird, just kind of like the people. We're all a little weird out here. I mean, you have to be fucking crazy to live in Phoenix during the summer. So (laughs) see, my impression is and obviously this is just from hearsay, but it to me, it seems like. Denver is a lot like Portland and Portland is kind of like, I don't want to say weirdo central, but it's a very eccentric city um, with eccentric people. And I think Denver's a little bit like that. That's why when you see the the art there, it's not, it doesn't seem surprising. Okay. Now, if you are in, I don't know, the fucking Shreveport airport or whatever and you saw this shit in there then you might think it's a little weird oh if you flew into shreveport mississippi and saw this shit basically the locals would come in and tear it down yeah they wouldn't stand for anything weird (laughs) like that no yeah definitely yeah it's kind of a weird thing like which came to denver first the weed or the weirdos you know i think basically the weirdos brought the weed and then the weed brought even more weirdos (laughs) yeah I, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's very, there's certain cities that just have like eccentric people, kind of hipsterish. 
a little yep. bit. I think Denver's in that category. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's really, these conspiracies have kind of brought, normally you don't really talk about airports that much. I mean, you might see LAX in movies just because they're in LA, or you might see JFK in TV shows because a lot of TV shows are, you know, based in New York City. But I mean, Denver International Airport has kind of popped up a little bit because of all the weird conspiracy theories, all the weird stuff. Uh, Denver International Airport has actually really just like leaned in to some of these conspiracy theories. They actually have a large animatronic gargoyle in the terminal. (laughs) This is to engage guests. Uh, Basically, anyone can come up and ask this gargoyle questions. And apparently this gargoyle will kind of like answer anything that you have to say, like any questions you have about like the weird stuff inside of it. Dude, that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, There was also a big construction project that they've been having for the past couple of years. Uh, Airport staff decided to put up some strange billboards on their dividers. I have them below uh, for (laughs) examples. So we'll read them off. The first one says under construction, question mark, or underground tunnels, question mark. And then it has a person in an underground tunnel. Dude, that one, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that one. The next one is construction or cover-up. And then there's a big Illuminati sign on a hard hat, uh, a big yellow hard hat. Dude, see, this is brilliant, okay? Yes. Uh, that they're leaning into it, it's just, it's really good. It's it's so good. I love the lady here who's sitting in front of the sign about to get sent off to the FEMA camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine a city in the Midwest actually leaning into it like this? It kind of just goes along with like the weird people live in Denver. Yeah. You know, or like in the, in the West. Yeah. Like Minneapolis, Minneapolis airport definitely did not lean into the, uh, the foot under the stall thing. You know, they, they totally went away from that. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) I'm pretty sure a weird politician, because I think it was a politician, right? Um, that was doing that versus a giant horse statue I think it's a little yeah. different. Well, apparently that was going on for quite a while, but it was uh, him getting caught, which made it famous. Well, I think I think the thing was is that he was doing that, but also he was like one of those people who was like anti-gay stuff, like oh, as his yeah. political well, agenda. That goes without saying. It's always the it's always the homophobes who are who are doing all the gay shit, right. basically, and getting caught. Like the right. the ones Graham. who the ones who get caught with the like their pages and stuff. Yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure that was that guy. Definitely. Yeah. So getting into the last ones of these, um, the third one has a question of what are we doing? There's <laughs> a lady next to it who has the head of a reptilian and green skin for hands. Dude, that that's so awesome. You know, there was QAnon people here who were losing their fucking mind. Yeah, definitely. The last one I'm going to mention, are we creating the world's greatest airport? or preparing for the end of the world. And it has the uh, the blue horse with laser beams coming out of its eyes. <laughs> Honestly, I would visit this airport just to see this stuff. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Denver would be a great city to visit, but just like the airport would be really cool just to go out and see the horse and see all the artwork and shit and to see, like, take pictures of these billboards. Just go around and see all of them because these are just four of them. See, this is... I love when, com- you know, businesses or whatever do this. Lean into the crazy people talking 
about yep. your place of business this way. Like a lot of people, I guaranteed laugh their ass off, and a few people probably like, oh, they're just hiding in plain sight now. Oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, everyone gets a good laugh, and it gets a lot of people thinking like, well, a lot of people who don't know anything about the conspiracy see this shit, wonder what it is, and Google it, and then you know now you got people visiting. You got you got web traffic basically. Right. Okay. So I guess the real question is, is there anything suspicious actually going on here or was it just, I would, you know, kind of say the tunnels and everything, like you kind of mentioned, there is a bigger plan for them and that just didn't work out. But people think it's suspicious. Do you think there's anything actually suspicious about this airport? Well, I mean, the blue Mustang's a little bit, that's the most suspicious thing. Um, also, it's the artwork. I really think, I mean, it's it's not a conspiracy to take over the world. It's just such weird imagery to have for your airport. Like a big blue Mustang with bright red eyes or like a Nazi soldier with its with his sword about to cleave children. And that's right. the weird part. The tunnels, obviously, you know, they were trying for something with the new technology. The, I mean, if it would have worked, it would have been great to have, you know, the baggage system that they wanted to have all underground. It was all hidden and it would get your bags to you in time for you to get the fuck out of there, which is my favorite thing about an airport is getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> so really, though, this is just a weird airport, you know, built in a weird city by weird people. Uh, if you've ever seen what the terminal looks like, it's basically they have large fiberglass kind of made to look like the Rocky Mountains. So they're kind of shaped like teepees above the building to look like Rocky Mountains. So it's not only it's not only that artwork, it's the actual building itself. They kind of like repurposed it to make it, you know, kind of look like the Rocky Mountains, the surrounding area, kind of going with a the little theme that for that way, you know. See, I would have said that the writing on the rock or the capstone is weird. Like the the new the new world's airport commission thing. Okay. Very strange. Yeah, that's weird. Um the new basically like the nod to a new world uh, well, having the new world airport commission. But it's just yeah, like it, why write that if it doesn't even exist? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean I if I had to guess, maybe Maybe it did exist for like a moment. Maybe they tried to build it and it just something that didn't take off. You know, maybe they thought that all over the country there were going to be like new airports being built. It's it's kind of weird. It's but yeah, who knows? Did the you got to think, too. We think we see these things and we think all the conspiracies. A lot of the people who make this shit, do they have any idea about any of these conspiracies? You know. No, no, probably not. Um, no. Would you think it's weird if they started playing Subliminal Deception podcast episodes over the overhead 24 hours a day? To drive people crazy. Yeah. That's the taking down the world one step at a time. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> all right. Anybody who's been to the Denver airport or witnessed any of these things, if you want to reach out to us and let us know about it, we would love that. And where can they do that, Phil? Well, they can head a hold of us on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail. We love to hear from everybody. Also, we love the show idea. Uh, really, thanks for this one. It was great, Westside Soap. Uh, you can also get a hold of us where he got a hold of us on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. 
Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow me at CodyZabub. Uh, hit me up, talk to me, talk to me about episodes, whatever you want. Um, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say, just preferably a written five-star review. If you're a Spotify user, it's even easier. You can just hit the five-star button, hit submit. You don't have to type shit, and it really helps us get exposed, helps us get you know more listeners and uh, and all of that. So great job in the episode today, Phil. I've always been curious about the Denver airport, and now we have finally learned a lot about it. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.